With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah. And welcome back to Talking Dicks. Sorry, that? that was my motor. All right, <laughs> I'm starting over. <laughs> are you sure? Let's keep what? that in. Was that? <laughs> that was a motorcycle. Was that? I think we just keep this in. Keep going. That's <laughs> <laughs> a motorcycle in the living room. I'm, I'm going to start it over again. I think John Boy's going to end up leaving this, but yep. <laughs> and welcome back to Talking Nick's a New Year's Eve episode. You're listening 1231, or you're listening after that. I am here. We got a full house, boys. We haven't had a full house in a while. With the brothers, Greg and Kenny Poon, Thomas J. Piccolo. You've seen him on the streets and in the sheets. We're going to talk some New Year's resolution. We're going to talk about the Knicks losing more. And let's just talk Knicks, fellas. The New York Knicks select Christophe Porzingis. Post and toes, puffing and stuffing. Again, igniting and exciting the guard crowd. Welcome back to Talking Knicks, the last Talking Knicks of 2018, fellas. How's everybody doing today? I mentioned before, I'm joined by the brothers Poon, Thomas Piccolo. I'll start with Greggy. Greggy, how you doing? You excited for the new year? What are you doing for New Year's Eve? I am excited for the new year. I'm going to Tom's house. Ooh. Tom, Tom, he's he's in this this uh, podcast. It's a little uncomfortable. You said that, Greg. Not everyone here is invited, so <laughs> so uh, you're having a party, Tom. Yeah, yeah, it's a small thing though, so don't don't worry about I, it. Yeah, I heard there's only going to be a couple hundred people there. It's it's, it's hey, Jake, hey, Jake, ask, me, ask me what I'm going to do. Hey, Kenny, what are what are you doing for New Year's? Oh, I'm also going to Tom's party. This is awkward. I guess I'm going to get on my motorcycle and get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) If we don't leave in that sound, that's not going to make any sense. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Now we got to leave it in. Tom, well, well, this will be off the record. No, nobody else is listening to this. Are you, are you excited to host? What, what are you excited for? Yeah. Hosting should be fun. Um, you know, we got uh, some strange background noise in this episode, but I'm cool with it. Um, I've got actually, I've got a 12 week old puppy. Uh, we mentioned it on the last episode; it's sitting right next to me. So if you hear people, if you hear a dog chewing on bones and crying, that is that's not me. That's the dog next to me. That's probably me, actually. That's it probably could be me. Jake. Yeah. Um, but no, looking forward to hosting. We we also hosted for Christmas this year, so we're just you know we're. we're Enjoy hosting, having people over. It's like our first foray into being adults. So, uh, yeah, bring on 2019. You had a pretty big 2018, Tom. 2019 is going to be tough to beat. 
we bought a home. We got married. We got a dog. There's really nothing else to do. So you're gonna have a really bad year. I think so. I think so. Speaking of really bad years, luckily this is a Knicks podcast. Segway. Um, that's how you do it in the biz, fellas. Um, and we it it's <laughs> we've fallen on tough times, guys. Uh, we are now on a. Eight-game losing streak? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven-game losing streak. I'm sorry. 12, um, 12 of the last 13. 12 of the last 13. We Luckily, we've got a West Coast road trip coming up, so we should turn it around there. At Denver, at L.A., at Portland, at Golden State. Holy smokes, fellas. I smell in a wind a, streak. In a couple days, we may have the best – Lottery odds in the draft, and Kenny. While we're at lottery odds, I know you've been talking about this in a group chat. You want to uh, any any Knicks fans that haven't been following, you want to catch them up on where the NBA lottery's at? Yeah. So uh, if you haven't been paying attention, the uh, lottery odds have changed this year. Um, the worst, I believe it's four teams. No, worst three teams have the same odds for the first four picks. So the worst three teams have a 14% chance of the first pick, 13.4% chance of the second pick, 12.7% of the third pick, and a 12% chance at the fourth pick. So tanking helps still, but not as much. And uh, based on the Knicks history in the draft lottery, there's a decent chance that they'll just end up picking after fourth just because that's how things go. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think it's pretty wild, though. I mean, we 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 talked a lot before this season and how, you know, compete for the playoffs and wins are good, but lose as much as you can as well if you're going to get that draft pick. Right now, we are tied for the second worst record in the NBA with only the the defending Eastern Conference champion, Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, with one more loss, but also one less win. Uh, so they technically have the advantage in <clears throat> the advantage in losing right now. We're tied. We're tied with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, I, Tom, you're well. Tom, you're my winning is good guy. Greg, you're my win the NBA championship every year guy. Tommy, where are you at, buddy? Just check. It's it's New Year's Day, New Year's Eve. Where are you at? I mean, I am okay with losing. As long as a couple things happen, as long as the right guys are playing minutes, like this team could be losing with Frank getting more minutes and shots with just, I mean, Kevin Knox actually is getting his, his usage rate up and he's getting his shots up. So that's encouraging to see, but I mean, Frank really is a big one. You want to, and when Mitchell Robinson comes back, him as well, like playing over Cantor, you just... It's okay to lose. It's just you want to see the process be in place where the young guys are, are getting their chance to shine and get some development in as well. Um, yeah, fine with the losing, but you, you just it's got to be done the right way. You have to lose the right way, and I don't think the Knicks are doing that right now. And I think that's the frustrating part is you're, you're seeing too many opportunities for, for guys like Tim Hardaway Jr. He's putting up like 20 shots a game, and it's, he's been – completely incompetent on that end of the court um both ends 
I mean, yeah, obviously on defense, but I mean, he's, he's there for offense. And he's not even doing that. So when you, when guys like Cantor are taking a bunch of shots and then pouting when they're not getting their way, it's just, it, it you just, it, it has to be done properly. And right now the losing is the tank doesn't feel right. Losing the right way has just flown up the charts of potential autobiography names for my book. <laughs> Whenever that comes out, losing the right way. Greggy, I, I mean, are you still trying to hang a banner from the rafters this year? Are you giving up on that? Where are you at, bud? I'm giving up on that. On that. Uh, wow. I'm probably not even going to watch the next play again this year. Greggy. <laughs> I, told, I told you guys last night I, I turned on the Knicks game in the, the middle of the first quarter. They're already losing by 20. After the first quarter, they're down 22. So me and my dad just called it. And we uh, we rented Rush Hour and we watched it. Had to pay $4. Yeah, I know. I was like, um, I'm just going to watch Rush Hour. Then I did it. For the record, so, you're off the title, full Rush Hour. <laughs> every, time, every time there's a Knicks game on from now on, I'm going to rent Rush Hour. That's a, a little uh, a little tip for Knicks fans for the rest of the season. We'll start a new rush. We're going to start a rush hour podcast. <laughs> if, um, we, if we did a, a weekly podcast where we only talked about rush hour, become I, a cult. They, <laughs> they have twenty. They have twenty episodes, and they only talk about this one movie. I don't. Just scene by scene. We we'd, can, be much, we'd be much more prepared. That's for sure. <laughs> We'd be ready to go. Um, guys, this, this past week, we, we had the Christmas Day game. We lose versus the Bucks. We then lose at the Bucks, And then we lose at the Jazz, which was the game Greggy mentioned. Kenny, I'll, I'll let you start off. Is, is there anything worth mentioning? I mean, if, if we're going to start turning this bright at all, is it Luke Cornett? <laughs> what uh, do you got? So, yeah, I mean, Luke Cornett played some uh, solid, solid basketball when he came in for Cantor. As Tom mentioned, Cantor did not take that well. Uh, and then he kind of got in a fight with Giannis and got kicked out of the game, whatever. Uh, the, I think the personal story that ties into the Jazz game is that it was they were on pace for one of their worst losses ever and also tying it into the holiday theme. A few years ago, my sister got us tickets for a Knicks game, which is a great thing to do. And it turned out to be their worst loss since 1960, which was against the Dallas Mavericks, where they lost by 50 points. So, lesson is like, just don't don't get people tickets to the Knicks games because that that's what can happen. It's a true story. It was it was it was, it was one of those things where you eventually just start rooting for the other team, and you're like, let's how bad can this get? Let's see. <laughs> I think we saw that on Christmas. Giannis got a huge applause when he when he got subbed out at the end of the game. The garden was like, at least we got to see you play. <laughs> yeah. Things are bad. Tom, you got any highlights or lowlights that, that need to be mentioned? Man, I mean, Cantor really does feel like the low light right now, just off the court with all of his pouting and just the – he he's like a fake – you know, like the league has fake tough guys. He's like a fake team guy where he'll pretend to be all rah-rah and be like, these are my brothers – but then when he doesn't get his minutes or doesn't get his touches, he just he makes a scene and causes a distraction. It's just it's not it's not what a good teammate would do. 
So I'm, I'm really curious to see how Fizdale handles this because it's one of the first times he's getting a chance to like, send a message to a veteran who's, who's really not acting the right way. Um, I, I mean, hopefully Mitchell Robinson comes back sooner than later so he has a, a, someone who can, he can actually put in his place who can play defense. But uh, in the meantime, Cornette, Cornette's been fine. He, I mean, he stretches the floor. He, he creates space for some of the other younger guys to help them attack. And uh, he at least will put his hands up on defense. That's more than I could say for Cantor. Yeah, Jake, I know, I know you've, you've brought up potentially getting rid of Cantor somehow. And what are you thinking about that? Let's hear it. Yeah, let's, uh, uh, Greg, uh, let, let's go into, we're going to do a little New Year's resolution segment with the Talking Knicks crew. And you led me to it. But by the way, let me just a couple quick, more positive notes. Um, Noah Vonley has led the team in rebounding the past five games. So, so go grab some boards, Noah. Luke Cornett led the team in assists against Utah. That's not a bright note. That is bad. That's not a bad <laughs> That's right. Excuse me. So now that we're on sad notes, my New Year's resolutions. Wait, um, let, me, let me jump in and also just say Vonley played some solid defense on uh, Antetokounmpo. Uh, and so the thought is, and I've seen some people suggest on Twitter, like maybe we just try to trade him now. I don't know. Just because the way that he played defense on, uh, on Giannis, maybe some, some team in the East Eastern conference is like, well, eventually if we're going to make it to the finals, we're going to have to play them. So we should probably bring in this guy on a cheap contract who, you know, defended him solidly. So just, just a thought that's been passed around on Twitter. Man, Vonley's making like no money right now. Yeah. He, he's making like eight hundred grand or something. He's on the minimum. Yeah, and uh, I mean, if you could get a first round, I mean, I don't, I really don't know what Vonley goes for. He's he's good, but I don't think I don't think the Knicks are pulling a first rounder just because he's going to be making more money uh, in his in his next contract. And but, here's, uh, here's my question: like, is and it's it's a similar question with Moody, even though I have questions about Moody. Is are these guys playing themselves out of being in the Knicks' future just because they're going to command so much money, and like, maybe the Knicks aren't prepared to to make those payments if they're planning to sign big names in the future? It's it's going to be really interesting, and I think it's a great thing you brought up, Ken. Is that it's the what happens next with these guys. I know Tom and I joked about it on the Christmas episode, but is Manny Moutier playing his way into a starting point guard role? Is that with the Knicks? Is he playing his way onto the uh, to be a lead bench player for a good team? What What's next for him? Noah Vonley looked great on Christmas Day. I know I'm, I'm going to pull a Luke Cornett here and throw a good pass to Greg and, with a chance for him to throw one of his favorite people to throw under the bus, Kevin McGovern a lob guy, but Kevin McGovern texted us. He's a big Celtics fan. He texted us on Christmas Day, and he said, yo, Vonley's good. So, Greg, Vonley good? Kevin McGovern under the bus? What do you got? <laughs> Dude, Vonley's good. He can, he can, he's been shooting it. I, I know Tom says it now and then. He was stroking it for a little bit. He's falling back down to earth a little bit, but just having a little bit of range. Plus, he just dunks on everyone. He's, he's the energy guy that you love to see. And then he got the defense. He's really – he's got it all. Um, I mean, 
I, I don't know that we're getting a first for him, but maybe you you try to throw attach him to to Courtney Lee, and get rid of the, get rid of them both together, package deal. I, I feel Something like we're like all that. kind of on the same boat with. I think we want to see Vonley stay because right now he can have a role on any basketball team. Yes, and I want to say we're all kind of on team. If Moutier goes, we're fine with that. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the thing is I would like to keep Vonley and Moutier. I'm kind of indifferent about. And the question is, if that's the case, do we want to, you know, just cut bait on Moutier and trade him for something and get some value out of him? And Vonley, do we think we're going to be able to keep him at, uh, when it comes to it? Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, when you have Vonley on the team, you have, like, a, uh, I mean, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So you, you have a, a mild – advantage as, as being the incumbent team, but he could still go anywhere he wants. You know, it's still up to him at the end of the day. And going back to the worst team in the NBA may may not be his his cup of tea. Huh? Well the thing mm-hmm. is like Vonley is actually a valuable player in this league. I don't know that Moutier actually is. I agree like he had a, he had a very hot stretch there for a while where he was getting to the rim and he was connecting at the rim. But he is – I think he's fallen off a cliff lately. He's just relying so much on that short mid-range – that mid-range jumper he likes doing. He, like, he'll come off a screen and he'll just, like, get his butt into someone behind Mm -hmm. him and then he'll take a little leaner or something. It it doesn't look great and it's not – it's falling at a decent clip right now. But uh, it it can't be sustainable. So I'm pulling up the stats right here. He's only hitting on 54% of his shots at the rim, which is in the 40th percentile for point guards, when earlier in the season it was closer to like the 70th percentile. So he's fallen off completely at the rim. He, he's kind of regressed to his former touch. And his, his mid-range jumpers are falling. on a. He's in the 93rd percentile on mid-range jumpers. And that's just not sustainable. Like he's not that great of a shooter. Um, so I don't think Moutier is in reality all that valuable of a player. I'd be happy losing him. Yeah, and I, I agree with you there, Tom. I don't – and I've, I think I've been saying it since the beginning of the year. I think his – on a good team, he's a backup point guard. Um, he does not play defense particularly well. He can score the ball a little bit, albeit not particularly efficiently, and he can pass the ball a little bit, but not well enough to be you know considered a – good passing point guard. So I think that kind of limits his ceiling as far as what kind of player he can be if, you know, the rest of your team isn't just really bad. Around the horn, real quick. Are they both going to be on the team next year? One of them, which one, or none? Greg? I guess Moutier will be on the team next year. Kenneth? will not. I'm going to guess neither of them are going to be on the team next year. I want Von game, but neither of them. Greg's was a pretty dark outlook. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna take the optimistic route and say that they will re-sign Vonley. I mean, Vonley's been on a lot of teams in his career, in his short career. He may like some stability. He may like what that the the Knicks put him in an environment where he can succeed, and maybe he doesn't want to risk it 
Uh, maybe he'll even sign like a short contract for the Knicks. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what what he's gonna do, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, forecast that he'll be on the team next year. Moutier will not. I'll, I'll yeah. go glass half full with you, Tom. Feed, feed me that energy, Greg. I mean, that's what I want. That's what I want to happen. <laughs> but you know, are you guys? Are we talking about the same team as each other? <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. What what have you seen the team make bad moves for the past two decades? <laughs> uh, Anyways, I I like that though. That was a good talk, and it's definitely going to be a storyline. Are these are these going to be Fizdale's guys? Does he want to keep these? Are do they stay in the Knicks uh, pay range? Depending what free agents they can sign, which free agents also segues into our New Year's resolutions. And I'll I'll start. I I didn't want to start here, but but Greggy. Cornetted me and gave me the pass, so I'm going to go with it from before. And Tom, you and I stumbled upon this, and we kind of we each gave each other a weird face. It didn't make sense. I think we release Enos Cantor towards the end of the season. I know we're thin at the big, the big. That's the position nowadays. Um, I know we're thin there, but hey, Luke Cornett can play a little bit. Mitchell Robinson can play a little bit. You know, even bring up a G League guy. Enos Cantor does not factor into our future. He's not really helping the on-the-court product. And his off-the-court stuff is just too much. I mean, if a contender wants to take a chance on him to give him 12 to 15 minutes as they go for a playoff run, sure, knock yourselves out. But I think you kind of set the tone here and you say – it's been real, it's been fun, but it hasn't been really fun. See you later, Enos. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Tom. I just don't think that Cantor has been a net positive for this team. Like, I even saw Nick's Film School tweeted that playing Cantor actually helps the tank. That he's been that bad, that much, right. of, a, that much of a net negative. So... I don't know that other teams are going to look at him and think, I want that guy on my playoff team. But, you know, if, if the Knicks release him, I don't, I don't blame them. I, I don't think he's been a good chemistry guy. Um, I think it, it causes some tension in the locker room that, that they don't need. Um, I'm, I'd be all for releasing him at this point. How, how, at, at this point? Like tomorrow? Ooh. I mean, I guess it had to be when Robinson gets healthy, but even then, like Von Lake can play some some small ball center, but uh, it, it's tough. Like if you could just get away with playing Cantor ten minutes a game, but his ego won't let won't allow for that. So it, it puts the Knicks in a really hard spot. So I'm I don't envy uh, the Knicks management's position here. There's no good answer. All right, so is he going to end the year on the team, Tom? Um, I was glass half full with the Vonley Moutier thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna balance that out and say, yeah, cancer will probably end, <laughs> probably end the season on the team. All right. I hope and, I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but we'll see. So, so this this actually got me thinking because I hadn't thought about this before, as far as. Because Jake's brought Jake brought this up before this whole last week situation, and I didn't think think it made much sense. Um, but with the last week and his reaction to Cornette starting and kind of 
NBA Twitter has turned against him. I know when he came in, Jake said that his Oklahoma City fr uh, friends said that we were going to love him. He's a guy that brings a lot of energy. He's a fun guy. And like people did like him for a while. And now the way that he has kind of behaved lately, everyone I see on Twitter is just kind of ripping him for being, like Tom said, like a fake team guy. And it, uh, I hate to bring up more bad memories, but it, it's starting to make me think a little bit of Joakim Noah, where mm -hmm. there wasn't, nope, nope, there wasn't a good financial reason to cut him when we did. And then it came out that there was a good team reason to do it, which was like he was out partying too much and he was a terrible influence on everyone that they're trying to develop as team players. And if the Knicks are not fans of what Cantor is doing right now um, off the court, then maybe it does make sense because there is no financial reason to do it. It doesn't benefit them at all. He's on, he's on the books either way if they waive him. Um, and he's only on the books this year, so it doesn't make sense to trade him and – because uh, you're not going to be able to get anything for him, I don't think. Um, and to the extent that you trade him, you would probably have to take on salary and trade him as an ex expiring contract. And there's no reason to do that because this summer we're trying to get um, a big-name free agent to come in, so we need that cap space. But there might be a team reason in that maybe they look at what he's doing now and they think this isn't what we want uh, these young guys to be kind of seeing on the everyday on an everyday basis. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens. I I until Jake brought it up just now and even when I saw it in the email that he sent earlier I thought no way, but now it's it's gotten me thinking a little bit. I still don't think it's likely, but I, I think it is more of a possibility than I thought previously. He just he seems like he seems like the prototypical player that ends up joining one of these you know, playoff teams at the end of the year. He's a veteran guy. He's going to come in and does what he does what he do. Um, we'll see. I don't know. I think it would be almost a good message from the Knicks front office. Like this, this ain't going to cut it going, going from here on out. So, I mean, how does, how does this work for Cantor though? Like if he gets cut, what team is he going to go to? Oklahoma is, city. Is Oklahoma city going to just throw him in the starting lineup? Cause right now he, his complaint is that he's not starting. Like he said, oh, I wanted to be an all-star this year, and now, like, look where I am. I think it's more that he's not playing big minutes on the worst team in the NBA. I think if he was on the Thunder or someone who was actually good at basketball, he'd be more receptive. Yeah, I think I think PR guy Cantor kicks in, and he'd be like, love being back in OKC. You know, I'll do anything to win with this team. And he'll do that the first couple games. He'll get the energy going, and then – He'll he might get a little pissy, but he'll say, you know, we're we're doing anything to win for the playoffs. Um, I'm that Noah thing. It gave me the skeeves, Kenny. I'm I, I can't think of that. Can you get a Nick's a Nick's New Year's resolution? Ooh, put me put me on the spot. Um, uh, I got a not not an exciting one, but uh, for Courtney Lee, man, just just get right, man, get right. <laughs> I, I want I want him to get right. I, I'd like to see him. Um, you know, move on to a better team. And I think in order to do that, he's going to have to you know, get everything right with himself as far as playing basketball. Uh, he's, he's looked a little better lately. Um, he's still a little slow on the defensive end, which used to be kind of what he was known for. So, you know, I'll, I'll love Courtney Lee. I want, I want to see you get right, and I want to see you uh, 
you know, get a chance in the playoffs this year. That was emotional. Yeah. yeah. Love me some Courtney Lee, man. Put me on the spot. That was from the heart. I thought I thought for sure you were gonna go Frank with it, but we'll 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 get there. We always do, baby. Tom, I, I see you wrestling Colby a little bit over there. You got a you got a next New Year's resolution for me? Well, so I actually I'm writing a column for the B ball index right now where I'm gonna have five New Year's resolutions. Ooh. Spoiler alert. Um I don't I haven't uh landed on all five of them yet. I, I have four. Okay. So tell us, tell us the fifth then, if you've already. Maybe we'll give you the fifth. But the thing is, like, you need to have five to make a list. Otherwise, like, it has to be a nice n- number like that. Otherwise, can't people be won't. four. No, it can't be four. Um, here's four Nick's resolutions. People are going to skip right imagine, over that. Ma- imagine if it was the, the nine commandments. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't work. No, that'd be humiliating for <laughs> everyone involved. Uh, so I need to find a fifth, but I can give you a. At least one of these. Give, I mean, us I one. give us a give us a teaser. So the first one is going to be to improve. So it's kind of funny. Like in general, the Knicks are dead last in the league in effective field goal percentage, and they're 29th in points allowed on defense. So points allowed per 100 possessions. So they can't shoot and they can't defend, mm-hmm. which are like the two most important things in basketball. So you'd think that like you could really come up with any number of, of resolutions here, but I, I wanted these to be like very specific and measurable and attainable. So the first okay. one I came up with was just improve defending the pick and roll. Um, I got some, some synergy stats. I mean, the, the Knicks are probably the worst team in the league defending the pick and roll, but um, so per synergy, they defend, they defend pick and rolls on just about 30% of their defensive possessions. And they rank 28th in the league in points allowed on those pick and rolls. Um, and that's before they played the Jazz. Hmm. And that Jazz game was just atrocious. I, I put together this compilation of six clips where the Knicks gave up points to the Jazz on pick and rolls in the second quarter alone. It was just – I've never seen a team so helpless defending a pick and roll. Um, so – like one thing they can do to get better, like, and they, it's not just one thing. It's not like it's all Cantor's fault or it's all Emmanuel Moutier's fault. Like everyone, there, there's no help on the weak side. The the bigs don't do a good job of, of corralling the ball handler. Like it, they make every mistake defending the pick <laughs> Um So if they can get closer, like not even not even league average, but closer to like twentieth in the league instead of probably dead last at this point then it would really make a huge difference. It's, it's a third of their defensive possessions almost. Um, so, yeah, de- defend the pick and roll. That could mean more Frank minutes. Frank was one of the best guards in the league defending the pick and roll last season. He has the tools to do it. Um, would love to see more Frank minutes. And uh, that, that would be a start. That would be a step in the right direction. Yeah, and I think you hit the nail on the head um, with Frank last year being one of the best pick and roll defenders in the league um, on the ball handler and then I'd have to imagine uh, in the future having not this year but having Kristaps Porzingis back will help at the rim and those two things are two pretty pretty helpful things that will happen next year hopefully yeah Kristaps rim protection numbers I, I remember those were 
those were incredible last year. That that is a great point. I haven't I get I haven't thought about him a lot, and I, I miss you, big guy. Maybe that's my New Year's resolution. Start start remembering Chris Stapp's Porzingis playing basketball in the Knicks uniform. I I think I'm Greggy. I'll I'll cut you, I'll cut you off on your resolution because Frank's here, and we just have to talk about it. And it's a resolution I wrote. I wrote down some some sample ones in the email earlier that Kenny referenced. Like when's Fisdale gonna cut the shit? <laughs> like, <laughs> pardon my French, but can you say that? Play Frank, even if he's bad. Tom just said <laughs> we have the worst. We have what the worst offense and the third worst defense, or was it reversed? It was the worst effective field goal percent, the worst shooting. Um, they get to the, the Knicks get to the line a decent amount, and they grab a. a fair amount of offensive rebounds. They don't have the worst offense overall. They're just the worst at shooting the basketball. Um, well, that doesn't matter. T- shooting's not in in today's NBA, right? Yeah, it's it's, it's all about rebounding. Still a big man <laughs> league. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Greg, Greg, you you have any anything new on Frank? Like, is is this on Fisdale at this point? Is too I mean, much tough love? Some of it is. I mean, the, the the DNP CD on Christmas was a bad present. Honestly, I didn't buy anyone anything, and I think I did a better job than Fizz. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and uh, just just to add on to what Greg was saying, like Fizzdale is playing this Zen master role where I think he's trying to show that he is a great motivator. And if you're – a great motivator and you have this guy who hasn't been playing well because he hasn't been aggressive and hasn't shown much confidence and you find out that his mom is flying in from France to watch him play. Like you think that might get him going a little bit and like get him to, to be a little more aggressive in that game. And then you don't play him at all. Like doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I mean, the one thing (laughs) we, we talk about Hornacek, Starting Ron Baker one game last year when when we jokingly said, oh, his family must be in the crowd. And then they were, in fact, in the crowd. And that, <laughs> that, that was his one start. And the, the funny thing is it wasn't like Frank was – he didn't get a DNPCD the game before or the game after. It was just like, all right, sit down. And you know? that, like, that, that's another weird thing is that – they lost that game by a decent margin, and it and Fizz just predetermined that he wasn't going to play Frank that game. the The closing lineup of that game was, I think it was three or four of the starters. So he just made the decision that he wasn't going to play Frank. If you compare that to the Utah game, where he decided in the last few minutes to throw Trey Burke out there, who hadn't played all game, like. Just be consistent. If you're going to decide that someone's not going to play all game, then don't play them. And Frank only played 16 minutes. Like, what's your fear there? Is that I know fr- Frank didn't shoot it well. He had a he had a cool dunk. Uh, but what's your fear there? And just letting him play a few more minutes in a 40 point loss. I I honestly don't know. And I we've definitely seen it this year that there is a plan, which I guess you feel good about that. But I mean, at this point. You're absolutely right. Frank should have played at least eight minutes at the end of that the Milwaukee Christmas Day game with mom in the stands. Shout out. Um, and I don't know. I guess I guess there would be an excuse. It, it, one of the nights, Moutier scores 30-plus points. 
you know what? Let it ride and turn to Frank on the bench and say, hey, if you ever have a night going, if, if you're on pace for 30 points, I'm going to leave you out there, kid. Go get it. Like, then there's something to be learned here. But as far as I'm concerned, play him. Is his defense too good? Just don't know, Jake. I just don't know. And I know I, I tweeted out today the uh, what he said when he pulled out Dotson and Frank from the starting lineup was uh, we weren't winning games, so it's not like it was winning games for us. And he, he gave those guys nine games, and they went three and six. And since then, uh, Moody has been in the starting lineup every game, and they've gone five and 18, which is worse than going three and six. So, like, I just I, – I'd like some consistency because I, I, he says a lot of stuff that doesn't, you know, doesn't correspond to what he does later. I just want to see some consistency and, like, understand what, what he's doing because right now I have no idea. And maybe that's part of his plan. But it's, it's frustrating to see as a fan. But maybe there's something going on behind the scenes. Everyone knows about it. They just don't want to tell uh, the media about it. But I don't know. And so from my, my uh, vantage point, it all looks like there is no plan and everything's going off the rails. Yeah, hopefully the book comes out in about a decade or so and Fizdale says, yeah, can you believe I was starting Moody and Cantor and it got us Zion Williamson. Um, a boy can dream for the New Year's. Greggy, you got a resolution, a Knicks resolution for me? Yeah, I, get, I got one. I, I, I got one. Okay. <clears throat> I was trying to think of a good – Good name for it, but, but I'm going to do two. Two names for the same one. New year, new team. Ooh, colon, okay. colon, everything must go. <laughs> we we got to have a fire. The fire sale has to happen. I don't care. I don't care what we get in return. Give people away for free. I don't care. Cut Cantor. Trade Trey Burke for $20,000. I don't care. Just get get clear up the log jam in the backcourt. That way you don't have Frank and Dotson getting DNPs. Clear up the Cantor's attitude. Try to clear up Courtney Lee's salary if you can. Clear up uh, Lance Thomas's salary next year. He's got a million-dollar guarantee, and I know a million dollars is not much. If you stretch that, that's only a third of a million dollars, but, you know. Imagine making a third of a million dollars. It's a lot of money. <laughs> so, just the fire sale has to happen. I think I think we can all agree on that. There's there's probably five people on this team we want, we would like to see next year: Knox, Frank, Dotson, Robinson, Porzingis. I we'd mean, like we'd like to see Von Lang. We'd like to see Vonley, but he's he's that's not up to us really. Yeah. He's he's unrestricted free agent. So yeah. He can technically come back if he if we get rid of him. Or all just Chapman. Sure. Let's do it. And I'm 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 with you there, Greg. Uh, I think we gotta we gotta just start selling off pieces and get get value while we can. Um, and we touched on this earlier with like with Moutier and Vonley. I don't know that those guys are going to be affordable to us this summer and to the extent they're not maybe we try to get something for them then there's guys like there's a guy like courtney lee who probably doesn't have a ton of trade value right now uh, but i'd like to see him get to a contender and you know give him an opportunity to do that 
Same with Lance Thomas. You guys know I'm the biggest Lance Thomas out there fan out there. Um, and I'd like to see him, you know, get a chance with another team. Um, Cause I think, you know, you guys might not agree with me on Lance Thomas, but I think he's a valuable piece. He can play some defense and he can, uh, he's proven himself to be a capable three point shooter, uh, contrary to anything Zach Lowe might tell you. And, that's a useful piece to have on a team. So I'd like to see those guys get chances. I'd like to see, you know, Cantor not um, poisoning the team on Twitter. And uh, everyone else, except for the guys that you mentioned, I don't really have that much of an allegiance to. Uh, I'll keep Trier as well while we're on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I – of course. Yeah, yeah, Trier. Um, I, I laughed out loud when I saw Lance Thomas guarding Giannis. Because every basketball game, I don't know, I don't know if it's a mental block or a disease, but every Knicks game, I totally forget Lance Thomas is on the team. <laughs> and then every time I do, the next every time I completely forget about Lance Thomas, I see him playing solid defense on Giannis. And I'm like, okay, Lance, go get some young fella. But yeah, I <laughs> he does need a new home. Yeah. Yep. And I, I, I wasn't even like I said, I I get value if, if you can, but if you can't, clear up the logjam in the backcourt. Yeah. We don't we don't need we don't need all these people. Trade trade a couple of those guys, get a big cut camp canter. Boom. Do we talk to the next GM? Tom, do you think there's anything I I you normally have stats and data and you know I hate that stuff, Tom, because it ruins all the points I have to make. But do you think there would be uh, a psychological anything? And, we, you know, we're supposed to have a big summer of free agency coming up. If the Knicks were to either have an impactful trade or clear house a little bit, do you think that can have an effect on the franchise overall, or we just wait for James Dolan to get sick? <laughs> it's a little dark. I mean, I don't have my psychological stats pulled up here. Um but I will say that I just think that the the Knicks franchise, as it currently is constructed, like they they want to compete to a degree still. Like they're that's why I don't think they're going to get rid of Cantor because like he helps them. He's an NBA player, and like they put him on the court, and like he'll do things that NBA players should do ostensibly. And, like, I mean, how do you sell tickets to Knicks games if you cut all your players? <laughs> New York City. Yeah, pe- people are going to Knicks games no matter what. New people York have been City, going to man. Knicks games. Have you seen the halftime shows? I'm saying. Seen people the dogs going- with the Frisbees? Red Panda. People going to, to watch Celebrity Row. You let the like, other teams they- sell the tickets. <laughs> uh, kind of what's been happening that's true people were saying on twitter that like the christmas day crowd was was just a bunch of tourists and they priced uh the price of the tickets has you know forced knicks fans out of the games so like they're gonna sell tickets no matter what i don't know how we got on this topic but they'll, they'll be all right financially <laughs> the knicks the Knicks financially and James Dolan still very healthy. I'm not wishing anything ill on him. I'm just saying. Um, some people think he's the reason the team's not good. Um, 
wrapping up the resolutions and any anybody else have a, a quick resi that they want to hit get out there uh so i mean we we talked to to Cantor about Cantor a decent amount um but prior to that i was going to give a call back to the award that greg gave to ron baker former nick's great which was the sit down and be humble award all i got <laughs> okay uh, 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 just, oh. just sit, sit down and be humble. i feel like it's self-explanatory <laughs> sit down be humble another tender lamar shout out he opens for us love that guy um i think that's that ties off our new year's resolutions a little bit and it, it's it's a common next theme get the young guys minutes don't make it look as ugly as it did against the Utah Jazz. We we don't ask for much, um, but we'll see. I, I think it's going to be interesting, and it's it's definitely a point to circle in the season. I I know it's become it's a, one of my favorite jokes to say now because NBA pundits used to say it so seriously that the NBA season doesn't start till Christmas. Well, we crossed it. The Knicks, I think, have been worse up to this point than we thought we were going to be. Um, what are we going to be saying at the end of the year? It only went downhill from there. Um, are we going to say the Knicks turned it around and they ended up with the eight pick in the draft and we're going to be mad about it? I don't know. That's that's why we keep watching, boys. And, Jake, the only resolution that I've got is just lose the right way. Just <laughs> that's it. The Jake story, Ellie story. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I think that's it, boys. It's um, – Man, that West Coast road trip coming out, I did not realize that coming in, how ugly it was. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. This, this may become a drinking podcast in a couple of weeks. Um, you guys have one of those <laughs> six-pack cinema already? <laughs> there's, there's a couple things you can find on me on the internet that I'd rather not talk about, Kenny. But um, I don't know, boys. I, I'll say this. Enjoy your New Year's party that I wasn't invited to. That sounds pretty nice. Um, it will be. Thomas, be a good host, man. No pressure. Look, Jake, if you were uh, if you were in the Eastern Seaboard, just don't even say it. <laughs> you'd get that invite every time. You gonna spike the punch, huh? <laughs> I am. <laughs> Greg's got it covered. Greg, do you happen to have – I want to close it, but do you have that Ron Baker stat with his, his minutes oh. on the Wizards? First first three games, zero points, 14.3 minutes per game. Ron Baker, he's still doing it. <laughs> still doing him. But I also, I also had a – I have a resolutions for myself as well, just one. I'm going to start drinking before this podcast. <laughs> drinking before the next podcast. <laughs> Do it before the games and the podcast. Keep it constant, you know. I'd like, I'd like you all to join me as we, as we crash, crash. Into, we'll make into it a live TV show. We'll do <laughs> drink and watch the Knicks. Man, this season is going to get really ugly. Um, I'm gonna. I, I've, I've already been drinking, but I'm gonna drink even more. I think is. What I'm <laughs> <laughs> we're well. gonna. Things are gonna get real fun for the audience eventually. Yeah, we're going off the rails soon. I tried. I tried to start it with my rush hour bit, but these guys wanted to talk next. Still, <laughs> well, we'll see if we can get more rush hour talk going. 
Uh, for the boys, Kenny and Greg Poon, I thank you. Thomas Piccolo, I thank you. And watch out for his B-Ball Index article. Is that going to be out tomorrow, Thomas? It should be out tomorrow. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be checking out for that. If you guys have been listening, if you could leave us a five-star review. If you want to find us on Twitter and talk about Rush Hour, we're there for that. Um, at Talking Knicks. So thanks, guys. We appreciate you. We'll see you next time. Let's go next. Let's take.